Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I'd like to invite you to just take a deep breath with me as we dive in. Building this podcast, building these episodes is a work of devotion. It takes many layers of cultivation, of time, of planning, and these episodes may seem effortless to you as the listener, but it is um, quite a feat for me to birth each episode, and it is 
reminiscent of how I build all of my offerings, whether it's a one-on-one private session or a pilgrimage to Egypt. Everything I offer is multifaceted, and I've just surrendered to the fact that this is the way I show up in life, and it's, it's who I am. It's how things come through. And as I was building this episode for you, I, um, I always carve out time for when I'm going to record and sometimes I nail it in that time and sometimes it's just not the right moment. I, I plan, but then I listen and I show up in what feels aligned. And so I'm recording this episode for you. It's now 12, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday, April 23rd. Venus Day blessings to you. As many of you know, I'm ruled by Venus and I work very closely with this Venetian frequency. It's why many years ago I named my love notes the Venetian love notes. These love letters I send out every Friday, just like every other Friday, I drop a new episode for you. Yes, you as the listener. You're so important to me because this co-creation cannot exist without you. So thank you. And I'm extraordinarily grateful to have this medium available. And, you know, for me, everything in life is ceremonial art. Every moment is ceremony. And so I'd like to ask you, how are you the creator or the creatrix of beauty in your life? It is through the body temple that we orient ourselves in a holy participation with the divine. In this incarnation, we chose to be human. We're not angels or butterflies. We're not bumblebees or fairies. We're not gods or goddesses. We are human beings. And there's a great divinity in this human experience. So many of us spend our lifetime as humans wishing it away that we were something else. And it is said by those who can connect beyond the veil that there is such a special uniqueness in being human and that being such as angels or ascended masters also long for the journey of humanity because to be human is to feel. And this is a time where we're really meant to feel our emotions. From my own experience, a number of spiritual teachings take us away from our feelings. And it is through our feelings that we evolve We evolve consciousness in how we choose to transform our emotional reactions to life. And we're on the heels of the Scorpio pink full Buddha moon. It's potent, it's powerful. And there's a deep connection with Pluto, that archetype of transformation. And we're going to dive into all of this in this episode. And so as we're sinking further and further down, I'd wish to ask you, 
How do you find your divinity in this human experience? How do you honor it? And how do you create ceremony around it? With that being said, I want to welcome everyone here, particularly the returning listeners. Thank you for coming back again and again. Over time, there have been over 4,100 unique listeners to Stars, Stones, and Stories. This is the 26th episode. And so next episode, the 27th, will be like the solar return of this uh, podcast. So, wow, I can't believe it's almost been a full year. And in that time, over 64 countries have popped into Star Stones and Stories. And uh, next to the United States and Canada, India is actually where the largest population of listeners reside. So I want to give shout outs to all of those spaces and places and beyond. I'm grateful for all of you showing up here. And I want to share with you, you can find more about my work at my new website, earthseedtemplearts.com. And you can reach out to me at support at earthseedtemplearts.com. I will have some new social media handles coming in the next two weeks. So if you follow me on Instagram, please note that Rama Tribe will be shifting to Earthseed Temple Arts and uh, just kind of stay on the pulse of how that shifts. If you're interested in booking a reading with me, you can email support at Earthseed Temple Arts. I hope you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. If you're not, check out the show notes and you'll see a link where you can click and make sure you're getting those in your inbox. If you are signed up and they're not coming to your inbox, you need to whitelist my email address, which means you need to go into your contacts and add my email address. So as of now, my love notes are still coming from my old email address, rama at ramakar.com. That's R-A-M-A-K-A-U-R.com. So you'll want to whitelist that email address and also support at earthseedtemplearts.com as I will be eventually moving my newsletter to that email address. If you are ever thinking about rebranding, it's a lot of work and there are a lot of like nuts and bolts and I've been knee deep in this process since January. It's been so many layers. It's really exciting and really beautiful. And there's been a lot of extra work I've had to put in. And so I've been a little bit more quiet on social media. I haven't been posting a lot about the current astrology in the way that I normally would. And I'll be definitely making a return with that uh, in due time because I'm also taking care of myself as well and my beautiful daughter. I also invite you, if you're interested in joining me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe, and I have a number of tiers ranging from $3 to $5 to $11 to $22 to $44 a month, and it's a beautiful community over there. Many of you know I launched Earthseed 
which is my foundational course for my online mystery school, my budding mystery school. And we have a beautiful, really powerful group circled up for the spring immersion. Some of you are curious if I'll be offering it again. And yes, I plan to in the fall. And I also plan to build other courses, particularly around astrology and mythology, Egyptian cosmology, and my other passions. So if there are particular topics you're interested in learning about, send me an email at support at Earthsea Temple Arts and make sure you're signed up for my newsletter so you're always in the know of what's coming Our current astrology from Friday, April 23rd through Thursday, May 26th is a time where intensity continues to brew. We can relate this intensity to Uranus and Taurus and throughout this time, Uranus and Taurus and Sun and Mercury And Venus, all in Taurus, meet up at different points. And in this capacity, there's also some squares to Saturn and Aquarius. And if you remember, as we go back to the Great Conjunction, December 21st, 2020, winter solstice, that powerful meeting of both Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius. If you haven't listened to episode 16 and 17 of this podcast, I recommend you going back and diving in because that was a really important transition for us collectively. When I speak important, I'm talking about like 44 years of frequency that is getting set. And this upcoming weekend, this weekend around the pink Buddha Scorpio full moon, the super moon energy is a game changer. So this is very important astrology. And when we're in these times of importance, the most powerful thing we can do is slow down, take some deep breaths, center ourselves, create sanctuary, create sacred space, and to arise from that place, from that space. And that is exactly what I've done for you to deliver this podcast episode. I am limited on my time in which I can record and edit these. And I didn't get this originally recorded when I wanted it to because the time just didn't feel right. And I trust my intuition. And so I'm recording this, and before I did, even though I just wanted to dive in and get everything out, I took the time to really craft sacred space, to ground myself, to work with my ancestors and the elements before coming to speak to you. And so may that frequency impact you and how you move forward Because one of the greatest lies we have been bought and sold collectively is that we're running out of time, that there's not enough time, that we're behind time, that we're never going to catch up. And the reality is, and I've shared this in previous episodes, you are right on time. We are in divine timing. 
that which you are meant to experience in this incarnation will never pass you by. It will come in the most beautiful delivery, in the most synchronistic of moments. And I share this with the greatest compassion because like you, I am human. And like you, I have tendencies towards impatience. I want things when I see them. And being a visionary, it's really hard sometimes to trust the timing, to work with the timing, to be patient. But what I have learned more than anything through my own learning and growth evolution is how important it is to just anchor in and breathe and trust. And when we come to that space, we magnetically attract everything we need. When we're in that frazzled, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, running around like a scared pig, we are in a frenetic energy. And through that frequency, we sometimes miss that which is right before our very eyes. So you are right on time. And yes, the intensity is picking up in this astrology. I liken this astrology to the Rubik's Cube. Now, if you don't know about the Rubik's Cube, it's that like three-dimensional puzzle. It was actually invented in 1974 by Hungarian sculptor and professor of architecture. His name was Rubik. And originally it was called the Magic Cube. And it is that cube that you turn with the colors and once you start spinning it it's really hard to get all the colors aligned again and this is a complete metaphor for the times we're living in with Uranus and Taurus there's so much radical change and the radical change is happening deep down within mother earth within the core of earth that it ripples out to each one of us. And the moment we get settled in, the cube shifts again. And this is just part of the times. And it is something I've shared. You know, we need a daily practice. We need something to anchor into because everything is shifting so rapidly and will continue to. That is the frequency of these times as we're moving deeper and deeper into this Aquarian age. So this Friday, Venus and Uranus are meeting in Taurus. Now, as I've spoken about in previous episodes, Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. So this Uranian energy is the ruler of the Aquarian age. It is a higher octave of Mercury. So Uranian energy is all about change and freedom and rebellion and revolution. It is about the eccentric the non-traditional, the avant-garde, really stepping out of the box, visionary thinking that is way ahead of its time. And it is the key to our illumination of our super intuitive and our genius potential. So as Uranus and Taurus um, meets up with Venus and Taurus, there is this energy of checking in our value system is it aligned with our earth walk? Do we support, do we truly support our values through the way we spend our time and our money, our attention? This is our sacred life force. So each day we have an opportunity 
to vote with our consciousness in how we spend our time and how we spend our money. So you can be really aligned in your thoughts, but if your word and your deed is coming across in a different way, these are going to be exceptionally challenging times for you. And that is the shift we're all making individually. Now, also on this Venus day, Mars is entering Cancer. Mars is our instinct, our will, how we move energy forward. And Mars and Cancer is definitely challenged because Cancer energy is all about the feelings and the emotions. And moving forward with our feelings and our emotions can definitely cause a lot of disruption. I invite you to check in with your emotions during this transit of Mars and Cancer. Because our emotions are the gateway, they are beautiful. And as I was sharing before, they're part of what really separate us as humans. Our emotions are power and we are meant to feel, we are meant to process, but we're also meant to clear the emotions. We're not meant to stay in any one emotional state. It is all about flux and it is all about change. And it is important that we clear our emotional body, that we feel our grief, we feel our rage, we feel our sadness, we feel our frustration, these emotions that are quite often repressed. We want to feel them and express them and move them through the body. And I love to move my emotions in different ways. Drinking large glasses of water, taking baths, going out in nature, meditating. Sometimes it involves crying and moving the grief through you in such a powerful way. It is important to allow the emotions, but as we're instinctually moving our energy forward, we want to be clear with our emotions. We don't want to react with rage. We don't want to react with our sadness or our bitterness. We want to react from a place of neutrality. So with Mars and Cancer, it's definitely going to be a more emotionally charged time. And there are a lot of feels out there in the collective. So it is important that we show up grounded and centered and not get wrapped up in the vortex of all the feels. Now on Saturday, April 24th, Mercury meets up with Uranus and Taurus. And so that lower and higher octave of communication, thoughts, ideas, concepts meets up together to talk about our earth walk, our earth speak, and where are we moving collectively on the following day, Sunday, Venus squares Saturn in Aquarius and Mercury squares Saturn in Aquarius. So both Venus and Mercury are in Taurus. And there's that tension through what we're building in this new earth, this collective reality, and where our individual values are and thoughts are versus what is being built collectively. And this can be challenging. It's a challenging time. There are a lot of opinions. There are a lot of beliefs. Many are contradictory. We must remember that the divisiveness is always 
a modus operandum to control the masses. And so how do we allow for diversity of thoughts, opinions, beliefs, and hold true to our values and trust and anchor and come back to the earth over and over and over again? It is very important to set this cadence of trust, of groundedness, of holism, of um, a true anchored connection to the earth in these times. What we are building at this moment is absolutely foundational for many, many years to come. And at times we can feel quite powerless when we look at collective reality. However, we vote daily with how we spend our time, how we use our speech, how we love and connect with others. And it is often said, we are remembered not by what we do, but how we make people feel. And yes, we're not responsible for other people's feelings and emotions, However, we are responsible for the energetic emotional signature for the ways in which we show up here on planet Earth. And right now, this is emphasized in such a big way with this Scorpio supermoon and the energies that are happening in this next two-week portal. So I really encourage you to do your own inner work with your emotional body. Do that work in a deep and loving way. As we are moving into Monday, Monday, we have the Buddha pink Scorpio full moon, and we open up the gateway of lunar Beltana, which I will share with you more about this full moon as we progress through this episode. And Tuesday, April 27th, Pluto spins retrograde at 8.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and it's very much connected to this Scorpio full supermoon. So I'm going to share with you about the details of Pluto retrograde later on in the episode as well. Now, on Sunday, April 30th... um, That's not Sunday, actually, that's Friday, April 30th. The sun meets up with Uranus and Taurus. So the seat of the self, our collective soul, comes to meet up with Uranus and Taurus. Again, it's just a continual cadence of checking in, aligning our body temple with the earth's body, aligning our values with the values of nature. How do we make these congruent? As we make these congruent, we are voting for a reality of new earth consciousness in the Aquarian age to be rooted in elemental sacred wisdom. This is important. This is how we vote. And as we come to May 1st, we welcome Calendar, Beltana, There is tension on Monday, May 3rd, as Mercury squares Jupiter in Aquarius and the Sun squares Saturn in Aquarius, and it's a last quarter moon. So there's a lot of 
awareness coming up as the moon is waning. We're looking at this lunar cycle that opened up with the Aries new moon, that powerful, really courageous activated new moon. And we're in this earthy, stabilizing time, but it's not as stable as it normally would feel because we've got that Rubik's Cube energy with Uranus and Taurus. And as Mercury and Taurus is squaring Jupiter, how we're expanding in this new age of Aquarius, the ideas of the past have to come to meet what is new. There is a rebuilding, a revamping. And as the sun in Taurus squares Saturn in Aquarius, again, it's like what we're building in this new earth. There is a tension between the old and the new. There's a tension in the collective reality. There's a tension within each one of us as we are uplifting and we are revamping our whole ancestral paradigm. We are clearing out deep, deep oppression, each one of us in our ancestral lineage. It is heavy lifting. It is heavy work. It is not easy. And I truly believe each one of us, if you're listening to this podcast, you are part of what I would say each one of us came in consciously in these times. We agreed to be here now. We agreed to be what one would say is 144,000 light keepers, a covenant of way showers who showed up on Terra Gaia in this time to do the heavy lifting of our ancestral lineages as a collective that lights up Mother Earth as a holy hologram, invoking these master frequencies of unity consciousness where there is an ability for each one of us to shine in our own unique ways to bring forth our own unique medicine. And as we do this, we are accessing the star alliances through our star families. So our ancestral lineage is more than our bloodline. Our ancestral lineage is our soul lineage, and it is also our star family lineage. We have the ability to go the distance, and in that, to create this formula that awakens the earth's akasha as a reflection, a mirror, that holy hologram of the DNA of the cosmos. And we all step through collectively on December 21st, 2020, that phenomenal time. It feels like it was (laughs) over a decade ago, (laughs) I myself was at the Great Pyramid, and I was in deep personal ceremony, and it truly feels like it was light years away. It was a privilege to be there, and I guarantee you I was holding a space for each one of us to move through this time with ease and grace. And we're here, we're showing up, we're doing the work. It's hard, it's intense, it feels really bumpy at times. It's like a seatbelt no longer is enough. You need a full body harness and all of the padding 
for protection. And that padding is the way you ground and you anchor to Mother Earth every day, the way that you take care of your chakras, of your energetic field, the way you take care of your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual bodies, your light bodies. All of it matters in this time. The pressure is on. We are being asked to do so much. And yet, I guarantee you, it is not too much for you to handle. You are here now for these times. And so I invite you to breathe into that, to trust that, to trust this quantum expansion. We, each one of us, have the ability to time travel, to time bend. The power of now is that we can access our gifts, our skills, our highest wisdom, our highest capacity from all timelines, here and now. And so I invite you to consciously, cosmically call to you all of your wisdom, your gifts, your abilities, that which you have learned in all of the previous timelines and bring that into this now moment and trust as you do so, you have the backing of your bloodline, your ancestral lineage, you have the backing of your soul lineage, those who you've traveled through time and space with again and again. And you have the backing of your star seeds, your starry home, the place you feel most centered and anchored, fully seen and held. And may it be so, and so it is. Ashe, aho, blessed be. The Scorpio Pink Buddha Full Moon brings us to this high festival of resurrection. The Scorpio energy is so much about the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. So within this full moon, we have the polarity of Scorpio's renewal and rebirth process. And this occurs, as always, after some sort of death, some sort of realization of that which needs to be dissolved and let go. And all of this is inner is all of this energy is anchored through the Taurian frequency that is very much about earthly pleasures and being fully embodied. At the same time, the Taurian frequency is ruled and governed by Venus, the elder sister to Earth, this beautiful planet that asks us of what is the culture we're creating through our art, our life as art here on planet Earth. And this time of year absolutely has a direct correlation to the starseed system of the Pleiades. And so it brings in these Pleiadian codes of light. Taurus energy is very much symbolized by the bull, the builder. It is very much interested in the material realm, earthly pleasures. It is a time of sensuality, of developing the senses, that which we taste and touch and feel and connect with, that which we hold, that's 
which is tangible, how we hear. And with that, it is a time of pleasure. Archetypes of Taurus are very much connected to the lover, to the artist, to the dancer, the courtesan. It is all about enjoying life as it is, taking things slow and steady, relaxing deep, deep in, and being aware of being too predictable or entitled, lazy or overindulgent or possessive. As this energy is ruled by Venus, there's very much an energy around love and attraction, the goddess, beauty, creativity, art, harmony, sensuality, our money, our finances, and all of our relationships. Now, this Scorpio supermoon opposes the Taurus sun, which is the seat of our soul, our collective direction, is asking us in that Taurine energy to be anchored in the body temple and to see our body temple as an expression of art, as creativity. The Taurus sun right now, as I've spoken about in this current astrology, is conjunct over the next couple of weeks with Uranus, with Venus, with Mercury. There is this meeting up in this energy. So in addition to the seat of our collective soul, there's also our values, our connection to our art, our culture, our beauty, how we communicate these, and the radical genius ideas that are quite often futuristic, all coming to meet in this Taurian frequency. In addition to Sun, Uranus, Venus, and Mercury all being conjunct in Taurus, and this energy opposes the Scorpio full moon. So there's an illumination, there is a way that both of these are coming to light, We also have Black Moon Lilith in Taurus right now. And Black Moon Lilith in Taurus is all about a fear of scarcity. So at this time, there's also a fear of scarcity arising within the collective, a scarcity that there is not enough. There are not enough resources here on planet Earth for every human being to not only survive, but to thrive. And so the question is, how do we magnetize the truth that there is real inherent abundance on earth? We are meant to thrive. We are part of the natural world. And there's a collective story that has been threaded and spun over time that says that there is not enough, that humans have destroyed the natural world. Everything is collapsing before our very eyes, that we're no longer safe or healthy on earth. And this is a story of fear. It is a story that we could say is an aged old story that says there's not enough resources and that it's not safe to live on earth. In truth, we are a part of the natural world. We are humans here And there is a way for us to coexist within the ecosystem of Earth. And so we have a way in this time with Black Moon Lilith to either continue with that 
victim consciousness, that oppressor consciousness. There is a polarity there, a duality. Many people are stuck on that wheel of duality. Or we can consciously choose to hop off and to see another way through. And that way through being very much understanding that this is a part of our evolution as humans, that we have arrived here and it makes sense we're here now. It makes sense in this global world, in this world of globalization, of this total mixture of cultures and peoples that we're coming to a place of understanding our humanity now more than ever, understanding that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, as humans, we're not that different from one another. We're more alike than anything. And that although culturally there are many ways to connect and express your belief in the divine, at the end of the day, it is our devotion, the signature of devotion, that really matters. And so how do we come with a signature of devotion to Mother Earth in these times? This Scorpio moon, supermoon, is illuminating the need for this more than ever. We are at a turning point with this lunation. And Black Moon Lilith in Taurus is saying it does not matter what we have. We can have all the things. We can have none of the things. It does not matter what we have. What matters is how we are in relationship with the natural world. The natural world is the portal, the gateway to the other world, literally. The song of the crow, the movement of the rustle of the wind through the trees, the flowers that emerge at the shifting of the season, the bubble of the spring. This is our portal, our connection to and through the other world. Collectively, we must confront the belief that the world is unsafe. Death is a sacred process of life. We all die. All things die. All things in the natural world eventually transition on. Yet, as we look at the wheel, the sacred wheel of the solar gates, as we look at the wheel of time and space through that sacred spiral dance of the goddess, we can see in truth, yes, we all die. We all die in our right divine timing. And as we have a trust in that, we understand in death, there is rebirth, there is renewal. And so Pluto the archetype of deep transformation takes us down into the depths to have us stop filling the void and to lean into discomfort. So this Scorpio pink Buddha full moon is absolutely going to ask you to lean into your discomfort. Many feelings are bound to arise. And with that, how do you feed your inner world by being still with self, by anchoring with Mother Earth, by communing with the natural world, with the world of the elemental beings? This is what is true. This is what is real. 
And as we look to the chart of this full moon in Scorpio, the moon shows up in the 11th house of tribe and community, of our friendship circles, our social networks, of our hopes and dreams for the future. And it opposes Sun, Uranus, Venus, Mercury, and Black Moon Lilith, all in the fifth house of passion, of pleasure, of creativity. And so there's very much... um, an activation between our pleasures in our body temples and our hopes and dreams for the future. So please, I invite you to see the significance, the beauty, how you vote with your sacred time, how you give yourself pleasure, how you enjoy the life you have before your very eyes is an act of revolution is an act of rebellion from the old paradigms, the old systems that are dissolving here and now. And this full moon in Scorpio comes to eight degrees of Scorpio with the Sabian symbol being a calm lake bathed in moonlight. There is a quiet openness to higher inspiration As we surrender our personal egos to the inspiration of transcendent feelings, which are essentially impersonal, through that love is able to express itself. And we know that love is a cosmic force. Ultimately, love is altruistic. It is about that divinity between all of life. And the Scorpio energy takes us down with the archetypes. We could say Scorpio is connected to the scorpion, the snake, and the eagle. One who is instinctive and protective. One who sheds like the snake eating its own tail. The Ouroboros continues again and again and again through the wheels of time. The eagle rising with that wide view, eating the prey, eating that which is ready to die, eating that and transforming it into new life. The highest form of Scorpio is the phoenix, that being that embodies self-mastery. The phoenix literally willing to die into complete ashes, Letting go, dissolving, and from the ashes, arising with new life. This is the journey through the eye of the needle. And Scorpio rules the domain of all taboo topics, sex, death, power and control dynamics, money, the occult, deep psychology, Illuminating the journey through the dark, a journey of transformation and eventually rebirth in due time. There is an intensity we are likely to feel with this full moon, a lot of emotions. They may go into the shadowy realms of suspicion, of jealousy, of possessiveness, of uh, intensity that wants to like almost smother. So watch for this 
and allow yourself to feel, do your deep inner work with this lunation. It is a time to do it. And just the day after this full moon, Pluto goes retrograde. And so there's this Plutonic theme that is very strong with this Scorpio full moon. Pluto is a planet of judgment, of psychological death and rebirth. And with the Plutonian energy, we are able to dive into the traumas, our ancestral traumas, our personal traumas, which are not separate from our ancestral traumas. And in that, we find a space of great transformation. If we're willing to go in and actually meet the trauma, we meet by going through, and this may become a tool of empowerment. So Pluto energy is very intense, and as we're willing to dive into the darkness, into the unknown, we go through and eventually, as a master of metamorphosis and irreversible change, we come out the other side completely different. Plutonian energy is relentless, can change the outmoded, destroy the old uh, through different forms of levitation, of death and rebirth, utilizing sex energy and gravity, time bending, finding hidden or lost things through consciousness. And moving this energy, moving it up through an ascension of kundalini energy. And we have Pluto in Capricorn. Pluto in Capricorn is speaking to a capacity to endure the long haul, to go the distance, to let go of control, to have discipline and realism, and to allow visionary spiritual principles to become manifest and anchor into this Aquarian age. Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008 and is absolutely playing a behind-the-scenes, consistent, energetic calls to each one of us to dissolve and let go of the old ancestral paradigms. Pluto and Capricorn is very much assisting us with this personally and collectively. And to fully meet this work is to go through it. It is not for the faint of heart, yet it does bring in that collective and personal transformation that we have been wishing for, that we have been praying for. And in this Scorpio, Pink, Buddha, Full Moon, Pluto has two very interesting aspects. One is to the Scorpio moon itself, and one is to Uranus and Taurus. So Pluto by Noviles, the Scorpio moon, and I very rarely work with these more... um, How can I define it? They're like, they're almost like subtle aspects that show in the chart. And I don't work with them in a lot of public ways because 
I feel like astrology is the language of the Aquarian age, and I want to help people understand it. And so I like to speak to the larger, more palpable, present archetypal energies so people can really grasp those first. However, I was definitely called to look at Pluto's, uh, the way Pluto is showing up in this full moon, because I knew how important it is, especially because Pluto is going retrograde the following day. Now, a binovial with the Scorpio moon absolutely speaks to a fork in the road of destiny, particularly our personal destiny. So there's a personal call within the Scorpio full moon to dive in deeper, to do that inner work, to do that ancestral work. And as we are able to do that work, there's a way, a possibility to rejoice in the beauty of the multiverse and to rejoice in your ability to move beyond what are perceived limitations within your own life and within your ancestral lineage, therefore rippling out into the collective of humanity. And also in this full moon, Pluto biceptiles Uranus and Taurus. Pluto is also doing this on the day it goes retrograde on Tuesday. So the biceptile is a seventh harmonic aspect that is very much related to the future destiny that is activated by the critical choices made in this present moment. Again, I want to emphasize what I've been sharing over and over again. At times, we can feel so completely helpless in our current collective reality. However, each one of us votes with our thoughts, with our emotions, with our actions, how we show up in loving kindness and compassion, how we move forward, how we use our speech. We have so much power. In fact, you are absolutely limitless. You are boundless. You are able to move mountains. And so how you show up with this lunation, how you move the energy forward is a fork in the road, so to speak. And so I encourage you to do your work, to take care of yourself, to nurture and nourish your body temple first, because the polarity between Taurus and Scorpio reminds us over and over again that we go into the deep transformative spaces through the body temple. Through our body temple, we connect into Earth's body temple. And this is absolutely why I've created Earthseed as this foundational course to my mystery school teachings. And in the guided meditations I offer in Star Stones and Stories, these are opportunities to connect in with your body temple, to see your sovereignty in these times. So this is a powerful full moon, very much connected to the realization that Buddha had so many hundreds of years ago. And in these times we are in, we, each one of us, are a hologram for the collective. 
that enlightenment lives within you. It lives within me. It is up to each one of us to walk through the experience and to activate it. And so on Tuesday, April 27th, Pluto spends retrograde at 8.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This chart is ruled by Scorpio. And so everything is emphasized in the Scorpionic journey of going deep, deep down into those hidden parts of self for transformation. Pluto retrograde is giving us an opportunity to renew on all the levels in all the ways. And so where 27 degrees Capricorn lives in your chart and where that latter degree of Scorpio lives in your chart, the 21 degree particularly, are the places that are getting highly activated with this Pluto retrograde. In addition to what has been shared, the Scorpio moon is opposing both Mercury and Taurus, Mercury and Venus and Taurus. So again, our ideas, our values, our thoughts are all at stake here. We are living, breathing beings of art and culture. You are a divine artist. You are a ceremonialist. And so what are you weaving in your day-to-day? What is your art? How are you living? How are you breathing on planet Earth in these times? Last year during this full moon, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, they all met up. It was that 735-year cycle in Capricorn, restructuring reality. And we had gone through spring equinox, really birthing the new earth with that 444 gateway that was opened up on April 4th of 2020. And around that time, Pluto went retrograde and anchored in this energy in such a potent way. And so I always think it's important to look to the past as we look to the future. In this time, we're also welcoming the season of Beltana with this Scorpio Buddha full moon. The lunar gate of Beltana is upon us. And so in the Northern Hemisphere, we're welcoming the peak of spring. The days are lengthening and the sun is warming the dissolving crisp airs. Spring is emerging. Calendar Beltana is May 1st. And Wednesday, May 6th, is Solar Beltana. In the Southern Hemisphere, you all are celebrating that season of Samhain, going deeper down into the earth, that polarity of this Taurus energy. You're working very closely with that Scorpion energy. During this time of year, and particularly for us in Beltana, the dragon and fairy lines are awakening with a wild pulse as Mother Earth is most active now in manifestation and fertility. This seasonal gateway is married with the lunar potency of the Scorpio pink Buddha full moon and reminds each one of us of the power of the unification of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within. This mystical marriage 
which the consciousness of this mystical marriage is the anchor point of this podcast, Stars, Stones, and Stories, which we opened up with in episode one that was aired in May of 2020. That is the foundation of these transmissions that I am called to share with each one of you. Now, as Mother Earth comes to her peak, we invoke the wild green man, Pan, Hern, Carnanus, Dionysus, Dionysus, I can't say it right now, Dionysus, um, very much connected to wine and fertility, who we could say absolutely is rooted with Osiris. Osiris, Wasir, that archetype of the divine masculine who became the god, that process of death that he went through, and from him he was restructured and reformed into Heru, Horus, with the love and the devotion of his counterpart, great goddess Isis Auset, through her dedication And this is a beautiful story of creation that has been spun out into many other creation stories throughout time and space. These archetypes of the god force, the generator, organizer, destroyer, force, join in the divine marriage with Terra Gaia, Mother Earth. And we may trace horned gods back through ancient and prehistoric history, to Dionysus, to Amen, the ram, and many others. In these myths, the male sexual vitality would rise up the spine, made visible by the horns, bringing mystical power and wisdom. And we have many May Day celebrations, rising the maypole, dancing with, which is the way to weave in the male and female energies. Tying ribbons and cloth to hawthorn trees, particularly where they grow by sacred wells, is another custom of this time. The ribbons, the cloth, would be dipped in the water, spoken with prayer, and hung in trees as offerings, gifts to the fey folk and the guardian spirit of the well or the spring. At this time, the veils are thin just as they are at Samhain. And this is a mirror of one another. The fertility and the death process are one and the same, bringing in fresh insights and understanding from the spirit world, from the spirit realm. So I'd like to offer you some ritual ideas for this full moon, seeing how important it is. Now, if you've been traveling with me along the Stars, Stones, and Stories journey, last episode, I encouraged you around the Aries new moon to make a honey jar. And with that, if you have not yet, it's not too late. So I invite you to write out your intentions, intentions for the next 13 moons, intentions for the next 44 years. 
and you're going to consider your life and different topics. You're going to consider your health, your pleasure, your creative time, your work, your travel, your spiritual connections, your relationships, your connection to your family, your connection to your love life, and any other topics that really resonate. And you're going to write your intentions. I'm easily and effortlessly write them all out on a piece of paper, and then you're going to rewrite them and you're going to fold them up, put them in a jar with perhaps some sacred earth and water, oils, crystals, flowers, tobacco, chocolate, honey, sugar, anything that you really resonate with that is biodegradable, that can be received by earth, you're going to place that all in your jar and you're going to tend that. You're going to burn a candle on top of it. If you've been doing it since the Aries new moon, you're going to continue to do that. And then on Monday night or perhaps on Tuesday morning, whatever feels correct for you, you're going to offer the contents of this jar. You can bury them in the earth and imagine them going deep down into Mother Earth to be received. If you feel called to take these prayers to a body of water, a sacred body of water where you live, trust that as well. Perhaps also bringing milk and honey to offer. And you're going to give these to the earth or to the water, and you're going to allow them to be received by the elements and give gratitude for holding you. In honor of the Scorpio pink Buddha full moon, lunar beltana, and this entry into this season of fertility for those of us who live in the Northern Hemisphere. And for those of you who live in the Southern Hemisphere, as we know, you're entering into Samhain. In honor of this polarity between our body, the Earth's body, and the deep inner work we're called to at this time, instead of, in lieu of a guided meditation with this episode, I invite you to take 11 minutes and go and sit with the earth. Place your bare feet and your bare hands to the earth. Perhaps bring your honey jar if you've done that. Bring milk and honey if you feel called, some flowers poetry, songs, prayers, tears, laughter, your favorite instrument, whatever it may be. Go and sit with the earth wherever you live, perhaps just outside your door. If you're in an urban environment, finding a park, take your shoes off, no matter how cold it is. Allow the earth, the pulse of the earth to warm you up through the soles of your feet and your hands. Give thanks. Share your greatest prayers in these times. Share what you are dissolving, what you are shifting in your personal life, in your ancestral life. Share your dreams for the collective of humanity here and now as we've entered into the Aquarian age 
and what you would like to see over the next 44 years. Share all of this with an openness and a willingness of heart. And listen, receive from the earth, notice, be curious, be open, be compassionate towards yourself and the experience. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. Send me an email at support at Earthseed Temple Arts. Allow me to witness you in this beautiful opportunity to commune with the earth in a holy way at this time of powerful change for each one of us and for Mother Earth and her collective of humanity. Blessed be. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. Thank you for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine. <laughs>